Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and for two years, I have had the pleasure to host this podcast that is the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. And today, we welcome to the show somebody who I have known for several years. In fact, I met her when I was MC at a tech conference, and she was the opening keynote speaker, and she just blew everybody away. And at that point, I knew I had to be friends with this woman because she is a dynamo. And in that time, she's gotten involved with NSA. Her speaking career has exploded. Many of you have heard of her. If you don't know her personally, we're welcoming to the show Cassandra Worthy. Hey, Cassandra, welcome to Speakernomics. What it do, Tom? Thank you so much for having me. So today we are going to talk about harnessing your true self as a speaker. That's important for all of us because you don't want to get up there and put on a mask and fake it. You got to be you no matter who you are. So Cassandra, what are your two tips for bringing your true self to the stage as a speaker? Tip number one, use your authentic power within your branding and on the stage. Tip number two, expand the value that you bring to your clients beyond just the keynote. All right. We're going to have some fun unpacking those two tips today. But for those of you who don't know Cassandra Worthy, she teaches the world how to harness the power of emotion to fuel growth through change. Now, she is a rock star speaker. She is a consultant to the Fortune 500, and she writes a lot. So you can go online and find all the really cool things she writes on this topic. Her background is she was a chemical engineer for Procter & Gamble, and then she went on to work for Berkshire Hathaway. That's Warren Buffett's company. So if she's good enough for Warren Buffett, hey, she's good enough for all of us in NSA. <laughs> so Cassandra, let's get into this, right? First of all, how did you discover your true self as you transitioned from being a chemical engineer to being a speaker? What, what's your story there? Oh, that's a really, that's a really good question. Great way to kick it off. Um, so I would say my path has really been one of following curiosity as well as listening to intuition. Ever since I started in my corporate career, um, leveraging my degree in, in chemical engineering, I always had that whisper that there was something bigger, there was something better that I could be doing to, to make the world a better place. And it started out very, very faint, but it was always there. And straight up, real talk, it didn't really get loud in my ears until I I decided to stop drinking. Uh, when I said yes to my alcoholism and in full sobriety, that whisper became a shout. 
and it could not be ignored. And so I continued following that curiosity, listening to the unique value that I brought into the workplace. And as much as I loved designing shampoo formulations, scaling up blades and razors, working in alkaline battery chemistry, mostly people would talk about, Cassandra, your energy, the way you can light up a room, the way that you can inspire, the way that you lead organizations through all this complexity. How do you do that? So that's what I was hearing around me. Uh, And so the curiosity found me on a stage and I was lit up. I was lit up. And from that moment, I embraced my purpose and my gift to be able to take this light, this, this joy, this effervescence that I feel flowing through me to inspire that same light from another. Um, and when I'm engaged in a moment after a keynote or, you know, when I was in corporate in a meeting and I see that light springing up from somebody's eyes out of somebody's face and it's like coming up to, to greet each other. It's just magic. It's magic. And so that really is what got me on the path. And then I had some really incredible mentors along the way that helped me establish a really strong foundation for the speaking business. And so I started building the business in 2018. I left my corporate uh, career in uh, March of 2019, uh, and I've been off to the races ever since. (laughs) Well, it is so true. You are so authentic and so full of energy when you speak. And also when you just have a conversation with you in a hallway, you you really do bring that, (laughs) you really bring your true self everywhere you go. And, and I love the fact that, that your baseline, when I asked you the question, was curiosity and then listening to your intuition. I think that is so important for all of us. And I think that that's what we're going to talk about today, right? We want to talk about how do people as a speaker, how do you really harness that piece of yourself that is that spark inside of you and put it out there in this world of speaking? So let's get into your first tip. Let's, why don't you repeat that tip and and let's unpack it. Yeah. Bring your authentic power, your authentic know-how to the stage, incorporate that throughout your branding, throughout your, your business. Uh, So often I'm asked, you know, how I was able to achieve the trajectory that I have in this industry, um, you know, moving from my first paid engagement was in 2019. And then, you know, I was doing maybe, maybe 10 events that year to now this year, I'll probably do 80 or 85 events Wow. Um, at, at a much, much higher fee. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was one of those 10 events cause it was 2019 when, when, when I met you. Yeah. So let's talk about this idea. Cause you said something interesting. It's bringing your, your true self to the stage, but you also said to your brand. So let's, let's start with the brand brand, because if nobody knows who we are, it doesn't matter how good we are on stage, we're not going to get booked. So how do you put yourself into your brand? Yeah, totally. So I would say find the intersection of your unique gifts, your talents, those things that people talk about that you do so well and like no one else they've ever seen before. That unique value that you can bring into a room, you can bring to a client, you can bring into a business like nobody else can. Combine that with your personal experience, your background, your perspective. And usually the the, the fruity part of this is what stems from your personal pain. And that also invites vulnerability. And it really, really highlights the authentic you when you can bring in those, those pain points and the lessons you've learned from your most difficult times. And then the final, and probably one of the more important intersections is solving a problem, solving a problem that the world has, that your client has, that the industry that you serve has. And when you can combine all three of those and think of it like a Venn diagram, this is actually uh, contrived from the Ikigai, which is a Japanese concept. Uh, at the center of that, of that Venn diagram of those three, I believe that's where your authentic power rests. And if you can cultivate, create a brand that is has all of that consistently flowing throughout it, I think that you'll be off to the races. Uh, and honestly, that is, that's the equation. That's what I did 
to create my branding. I put my true authentic self, my pain points, my vulnerability into my branding, into my message. And I bring it every time on the stage. So I love this. And I, I want, I want to focus on sort of this intersection of these three, and I'm going to recap them. And then I'm going to ask you some questions about each one. You know, you said, first of all, what, what are your unique gifts? You know, know, know who you are and what you bring that nobody else can bring. So that's pretty self straightforward. Then you talked about your personal experience and working that in. And then I, this last one, which is the most important is, are you solving a problem? If you can have all three of those, poof, you're going to be able to go off to the races, as you said, uh, you know, faster, faster than not. But, you know, sometimes when people are, are, are getting into the business or just, you know, just in life, maybe they're not even speakers, knowing what your unique value and your unique gifts are. It's hard sometimes, isn't it? And then some people struggle to know that they, you don't see your unique gifts as your unique gifts. Other people see them. So how do you even know what those are? That's a really great question. And I did it with a combination of a few things. Number one, understanding the power of knowing you. And for me, I use my emotional energy as guideposts and as signals. And whenever you feel like you were just lit up, that you just feel joy just bursting from within you. And the thing that you love to do when you don't even give it a second thought, it's just second nature. So if you can find something there, as well as I, I uh, one day I took notes and thought about all of the unique compliments that I had received over the past several months. And I started writing them down and they were all pretty consistent <laughs> and started to paint really a different picture than, you know, being a, a mid-level executive in, in corporate America. <laughs> um, and so when you can do that, take note of the compliments, the, the value that other people say of you, and then use that emotional energy, that joy as, as a guidepost. What lights you up? What brings you a lot of joy? And what do you feel that you can do that's almost second nature and trying to find the, the sweet combination of those? Oh, I, I, I like that. Both looking inside and looking outside for the answers. That, that That's awesome. Yes. So the second piece is why I wanted to sort of unpack these three, and that is your personal experience. There's a school of thought amongst speakers who are like, don't tell too many personal stories. Don't, don't get up there and tell a deep story about how, you know, you were navel gazing while you were climbing a mountain because, you know, people think, oh, it's just you just blah, 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 blah. I actually am a big storyteller. And I believe that those personal stories that you've lived through are how we connect to the audience. But I want to hear your thoughts about, you know, how much personal experience do you put into your stories, but also, you know, how, how do you bring some of that personal piece behind the scenes as a speaker? So I will tell you that I completely agree. There is great power in personal storytelling to relay a message such that it is repeatable after the keynote ends. And there's actually data behind this. You know, an audience member will remember 80% more of what is said if it is told in a story versus data. Um, and I don't know where that data point is from, but I'm sure you can Google it. It's it's real. And just try, if you don't trust me or Tom, trust the data. <laughs> uh, and then the other piece is absolutely. So my, my whole thing that I've created is called Change Enthusiasm. And I tell the story of how I created change enthusiasm and what it is through my own personal experience, through the pain that I experienced going through a huge acquisition. To, you know, take the audience to that moment where I was so frustrated, I felt like quitting every single day. When I went to a mentor and told them everything short of, please fire my manager, please promote me so I can fire other these other eight people that I cannot stand. <laughs> and so I put them in that seat. And I can't tell you how many times I have gotten off the stage and people have come to me teary-eyed saying that I felt like you just told my story. I feel like you know me because I see myself in that story. And so the ability to connect 
in a very real, authentic, lasting way is through a powerful story. And if you need more reinforcement, talk to Kendra Hall. (laughs) (laughs) The absolute guru. And there's a lot to be said about that personal story because we could tell the story about a lighthouse or and, 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 and a destroyer ship or cutting the edges off the ham or the starfish story. But the truth is any speaker who can use their voice and who can tell a compelling story can tell those general stories, those generic stories. But when you talk about your experience as a chemical engineer and then the things that were frustrating you in business, or when you share with the audience that that whisper in your head got louder because you stopped drinking, that's that personal piece is what gets the people in the audience to see themselves in you, correct? It's so true. I remember a keynote that I did and there was a older white gentleman who asked a question during the the Q&A and the question led me into sharing about my alcoholism and my sobriety and that journey. And afterwards he came up to me and he was like, you know what, as you were telling your keynote, I felt myself drawn to you and I felt myself just listening to every word. And I thought to myself, I'm not black. I'm not a a woman. I'm not queer. Why am I so drawn to this woman? And and he was like, when you (laughs) talked about your alcoholism, I said, that's it. And he brought out his own coin from AA. He too, you know, has, has been a part of that program. And so that created that connection with that individual. We gave a big hug, you know, we've been connected on LinkedIn and it's just, I'm telling you, when you can share yourself as fully and as openly stepping into that vulnerability, you just open up this conduit for everyone else to, to open up as well. And there's just great connection that can happen. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, it's interesting because, uh, I have a signature story, if you will, and it's how we found the doctor that was able to help my infant child, Kate. She was born with with a pretty serious medical condition as a baby and Mm -hmm. finding the right doctor was a key thing for what needed to be done. She had to have the the top of her skull removed at six months old. And I started telling that story because the way we found the doctor was through someone in my connections, in in my network. And and that's what I teach is the power of that human piece of life and business. And when I started telling the story and I first joined NSA 12 years ago, there were some people who said that story is too heavy Mm -hmm. and that story you know, it, it ends happily, but it, it's too, it's too heavy and it's too raw. You can't tell that, mm. you know, it, it won't work in business America. What, my, you know, Kate jokes now she's 20 years old and she's a junior in college. She jokes that, that, you know, her, her birth, her birth defect uh, situation, she goes, created your career dad. Yeah. And <laughs> because, because people come up to me afterwards and like just the other day and they say, wow, I had a similar type situation and, and you touched me with that. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's that piece of that real, that real thing. But also th- over the years, people who've seen me speak have called because they know somebody who then has a kid born with this you know, same type of situation that, that I had relayed in the story that, that Kate had gone through and were able to help talk to that family and, and guide them somewhere else. So your personal stories not only can help you be a great speaker, but like you said, with that guy, you can touch their soul because they can relate to you. And I think that is so important. Yes, you got it. Oh, it's beautiful. And I'm so glad that your daughter is well and thriving. Oh, she's fantastic. And, 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 and she knows it. So <laughs> and she knows it. That's the best part. That's right. That's yeah. right. So your final one was make sure that you're solving a problem. And, and sometimes I think that we forget that that's why they bring us in. Right. So let's talk about the importance of solving that problem. 
Yeah, I remember when I was first getting started and I was working with mentors, actually from my publishing company at Hay House. And I initially said, you know, I want to be a speaker traveling the world, getting paid to be me. And they were like, what do you want to speak about? And I just talked about, you know, joy and how people should be more joyful in their work. And one of my mentors was like, you have to go deeper than that. And you have to understand what is it that you're uniquely solving? What is the pain point in the organization that you're solving? And so she invited me into my own pain points. What have I struggled the most with in my professional life? And it's been going through change. And so it's then that I recognized, okay, I need to find a way to marry my pain points, how I came through them, how I have grown through them and creating some type of of a solution for that same employee that was just as frustrated as I was going through that acquisition. For that same leader who's just as overwhelmed thinking about how am I going to engage my organization going through a big change, a big restructure, a big disruption. And so it's when I was able to package it in a way that it is solving a very important problem. Yeah, that's really when when the magic happens. And so it's so important that you're trying to understand, okay, what is it that I am looking to solve? And hopefully it's a burning platform uh, and something that companies really need help and support with. And I'm grateful that that the intersection for me authentically just happened to be change, which is pretty evergreen and which has kept me very busy over these past few years. And launching your career in 2019, having that intersection be change probably didn't hurt because we went through so much change. And the the emotions of change too. I launched my new website with the crystal clarity around what I offer, my new speaker rail in partnership with Video Narrative in March of 2020. Nice. Yeah. And then, you know, of course it was a a reset, a pivot, a lot of my own signaling motions, darkness, binging Netflix, eating donuts, uh, to figure it all out. But, but, but eventually I did. And having that clarity of helping employees with their emotions of change, uh, was huge. And I think that leaders are beginning to really open their eyes to the power of that and the importance of it. And I think, you know, what I've done, I hope that I'm a part of debunking the myth that we need to leave emotion at the door of business because they have to be our carry on. Nice. They can fuel our business forward and, and we need to be able to do that. I love that analogy that our emotions are our carry on. I think all of us speakers can relate to the power of having a carry on versus being checked. Yeah, you got it. So, you know, I absolutely loved everything you said, and I'm going to throw out a little plug for Cassandra here. If you're not familiar with Cassandra and, and, and you're excited by this message that she's bringing about being your true self, about being authentic, go watch her speak or go look at her website, because I know you personally and both on stage and in your brand, Cassandra comes through. So she's a perfect example of where this intersection goes, boom, on your brand and on stage. Thank you so much. So your second, your second tip was around maximizing client value beyond the stage. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I think that we're in a time right now in our industry where clients are looking for more than just you coming in on the day of a conference, lighting up the room, getting folks really energized and inspired for that day and then leaving. What they're looking for, number one, is thought leadership. So you're not only bringing some level of inspiration, but also some practical tools that their employees can then take away. They're looking to sustain the momentum, sustain the energy and the messaging from that conference day. And so as speakers, we need to find ways to actually bring and support 
support that momentum. And so for me in my speaking business, I've integrated takeaway worksheets for every single keynote message. Uh, and in one of my keynote messages, they actually build an action plan as I'm going through the message. Uh, and I'm, you know, I challenge them the questions, invite them into creating this action plan. So they all leave with a personalized action plan that they can go off and attack following the conference. I also started offering what I call video challenge series, which is customized short little vignettes where I'm pulling in a key concept that was shared during the message. And then for a week, challenging the organization in a way to actually practice that concept. And so we do either a four or six part customized branded series. And this not only increases the value to the client, but it's also additional revenue for you uh, and the business as well. And so these have been working really well. And then it also invites additional kind of touch points with the organization. Okay. Now that we've been on the six week video challenge journey, Toss out the questions you might have as you've been working and practicing this mindset. And then we're going to have a candid conversation with Cassandra over a webinar. And she's going to address the questions that have been top of mind for you as you've worked and continue to work through this mindset. So I partner with a lot of clients to integrate these video challenge series into their overall communication strategy and then having additional touch points throughout the year to sustain the momentum and sustain the message. So that's value for the client. And it huge means a lot to me because I don't want to just be a flash in the pan. You know, I actually want people to practice change enthusiasm. It's, you know, it's a mindset and it has to be practiced. Well, I think that, you know, so many of us look for ways to, to be sticky, if you will, to be able to have something that goes forward in, in the early days, it was, could you provide a book to everybody, you know, and, and, and different things, but I love your idea of everybody has sort of a takeaway worksheet. Can you talk a little bit more about how you designed this takeaway worksheet, what's on it and how can other people, how can other speakers learn from what you're saying to be able to create something you know, simple that people can take away that provides value both to the individual and that the meeting planner is going to see, wow, that's really val valuable. Sure. So for me, I actually pulled directly exercises from my book. Um, so that was a big help, but kind of the going theme and the intention is to create exercises that's going to invite the participant to put what they just heard into practice. So what is an exercise that they can do? What are some questions they can be answering? Uh, what is something that they can work on in their day to day that's going to pull through the concepts that you shared in the keynote? You know, make it very practical, make it very actionable. And for me, I'm I was so grateful to have already, you know, had the book when I started, you know, doing these, these take home worksheets. And I just would pull exercises that I'd already had in the book uh, to help people practice the steps of change enthusiasm. So for these ongoing videos, what percentage of clients take you up on that? I've talked to different speakers who do these things. Some, some provide them for free and then everybody takes them up for it. Some provide it for an additional fee. And it's sort of all over the board. What I've heard, what, what's your experience with the number of, of keynotes that lead to a company or an association saying, yes, give us four or six videos. Okay, so I'm going to answer this, but I want you to ask me again in a year. <laughs> and I don't know if you're still going to be doing this podcast, maybe not. Uh, but when we see each other, ask me again in a year. And I say that because I just started doing it about six months ago. Okay. And right now the close rate is in between eight and 10%. Okay. So it's pretty low. Um, but I'm working with my management team to really begin planting the seed for this option, uh, at the very onset of the conversation. Um, and then I'm also working with them to ensure that an aftercare call is scheduled before the execution of the event, because I know many of you can relate, you know, you try to get back on the horn with the client after a conference close 
closes and it's so difficult. <laughs> it's so challenging. And so as a part of setting up, you know, the pre-event call, the prep call, the day of event logistics, we also go ahead and schedule an aftercare call where we can go ahead and, and continue to talk about what's possible to sustain the momentum. Um, so right now it's a fairly low close rate, but I think we're putting the right building blocks in place to really boost that moving into 2023. So how you, you mentioned at the beginning, how many events will you do do this year? Between 80 and 85. So, you know, that becomes eight, you know, eight additional ones that do that. And without getting into the defining, so even eight to 10 of those aftercare video programs probably has an impact if you're doing that many on, on a bottom line number that most of us would go, oh, that's not, that's not a bad number. So, absolutely. you know, so, so, so that's good. The other thing that I loved what you said, and, and I always try to repeat things because I think, did somebody miss that? Who's listening? You talked about that you schedule your post call before you get to the event so that it's on the calendar for two weeks out. So you can do that aftercare call because you're right. It's almost impossible to get anybody to pay attention to you or, or answer your emails after, after you've delivered a great keynote and they've given you a check. They they're sort of like, we're done. So exactly. is it hard to get people to schedule a call for two weeks after the event or whenever you do it? Um, so again, ask me in a year. <laughs> This is a strategy we actually just started employing literally about three or four weeks ago. And so far we've seen that, no, it's not difficult because we're already in scheduling mode. We're making sure we have, you know, the right touch points so that the event will be successful. So you have all of their attention at this point leading up to the conference. And so it hasn't been that challenging. I will tell you one question that I ask either the day of the event or maybe even during the prep call is I ask them, have you given any thought to how you might sustain the energy and the, and the momentum from the conference? What ideas do you have as far as bringing the momentum from the day that I'm sure that we're going to create together? How do you bring that forward throughout the year for the next several months? Have y'all given thought to that? And then, you know, they'll, they'll give a response. Yes. We're thinking about doing this thing, about doing that. And I was like, and I'll say, I love that. I would love to work with you to brainstorm how I might support that because, you know, I'll say, as you know, it's so important that this just isn't, isn't, you know, one day of inspiration. You need to take these learnings and integrate them continually throughout the year so we can make them really, really impactful. So I'd love to brainstorm how we might partner together to make that happen. And of course, they love that. Well, and 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 the way you've phrased it is is brilliant. Hey, have you given any thought to how you're going to keep that energy, that momentum going after after the conference? Because obviously they want those things. And the truth is, maybe they've given some thought, maybe they haven't. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a believer, you know, some people don't like the term motivational speaker. I'm a really big believer that all speakers have to be motivational or why are we on the stage if we're not trying to <laughs> exactly. if, What are you doing? <laughs> you know, pe- people tell me all the time, "Oh, I'm not a motivational speaker." Well, what's the opposite of motivation? demotivation sucks the energy out of the room. No, you you gotta be motivational, but there's an old saying when, when someone questioned uh, the, the legendary Zig Ziglar, you know, about, well, you know, motivation is great, but, but it wears off. And his answer was, and I'm I'm messing up the quote a little bit, but his answer was, so is, so is bathing, but I recommend you do it daily. (laughs) I love that. That's going to be my new, you suck the energy out of the room. What kind of speaker are you? I may suck the energy out of the room speaker. Please visit my website. <laughs> That's right. If you if you don't want a motivational speaker, we can find someone who will just pop the bubble of enthusiasm that, that, that is out there. So. I got you. That's right. That's right. So, Cassandra, you've done so much, and, and, and you said it, that you've really had a rocket ship rise faster than most people in this industry. You know, quitting your job in, in 19, uh, you know, building a kick-ass website and video that all launched, you know, the 1st of March 2020, and yet not everybody, I'm pretty 
transparent about this. I did not fare well during the pandemic. My business dropped by two thirds and I'm still working to, to get it back. Uh, but you were able to just go like a rocket ship. So I think we need to kind of change topics here. And before I let you go, we just have a few minutes because you've had this really good rise in the business and you've had so much success in the last just three years. What advice would you give either to a brand new speaker or to someone like me who's trying to reinvent and reinvigorate their speaking career because the pandemic wasn't kind to them. And we don't talk about that a lot in the industry. We don't talk about that in NSA. It's the people going, I'm having the best year ever are the ones that, that we hear from. And that's great. I'm so proud of the people. I'm so proud of you who were able to do that. However, there's a lot of people in our industry who are either new or they got smacked and, you know, upside the head and they're trying to get get things going again because you've had this this really clear really thoughtful and thought out success what advice outside of the the topic we talked today what advice do you have for somebody who's just starting or restarting yeah so i'll say this whether you just started whether you're experiencing a significant downturn in your business and you're unclear on how to turn it around or if you're experiencing rocket ship success strive to be okay with not with no longer being here but not being there yet mm. that in between that part of the journey where you feel like you're still figuring it out and quite frankly i still feel that way every day um and as exhilarating as it has been to to enjoy the success that i have had i trust that what got me here will not get me there. <laughs> and so I'm constantly trying to think what is the next best thing that I need to do to continue this momentum, to continue delivering at the top of my game. And I'm consistently investing in my business, reinvesting in my business to, to grow it and remain top of mind and leading edge, bringing my message to the world in the best way that I can. So I would say anyone, no matter where you're at in your business right now, continue to be laser focused on the next best thing for you. What is the right next step? And then take that step and know you're walking your path. You're on your journey. You're doing it. And there's motion and you're moving forward. Uh, and as much as you can bake in trust that you're on the right path, even though it feels like it's dark, you were stumbling. Maybe you feel like you even fell down. Just trust that the path is underneath you and stand up, keep walking one foot over the other. That's, that's exactly what I've done. Such powerful and meaningful advice. And I love the part of what got me here won't get me there. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to step back. And, and sometimes that's a, that's a big pill to swallow because sure. what got you here, what got, what got you here worked and what, 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 you know, who moved my cheese, you know, what's, what's the story. But uh, I think that's really good, good advice that, that be okay in that, that middle land, be okay in that space. And I think there's a lot of people listening who probably needed to hear that today. So thank you, Cassandra. My pleasure. Hey, Cassandra Worthy, thank you so much for being a guest here as we wrap up 2022. Thanks for being a guest here on Speakernomics. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You rock, my friend. It's always so good to connect with you. I love your effervescence. 
It is always so much fun. And, and, you know, you talked about the fact of 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 finding that thing that lights you up, that, that gets you happy, interviewing really smart, really cool, really successful people. It lights me up. We're recording this on a Saturday morning. People will hear it in a few weeks. On a, It'll drop on a Tuesday afternoon but, or a Tuesday morning. But uh, I my whole day is going to be better because I spent the time with you. I, I am lit up because we spent this half hour together. I believe you. Y'all can't see him, but he's got his podcast headphones on. I see his microphone in front of him and his whole face is just beaming. <laughs> it's the best. I love this. <laughs> All right. Well, again, Cassandra, thank you for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened to Speakernomics over the last 103 episodes uh, since we started this podcast two years ago. This is episode number 103, and uh, it's it, they're all so much fun. Uh, be sure you turn in next week. There's a special announcement in, in the final episode of the year. So make sure that you tune in and listen because you'll find out a lot about what the future of Speakernomics is going to look like and how it's going to change and morph and grow. But always tune into the show every single week because there's going to be more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money and build a better business as a professional speaker. And never forget the motto of this podcast. Speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.